0: Hey, welcome to Preacher to Preacher, a podcast for those who want to get noticeably better in their preaching and teaching ministry. I'm Rick Reed, president of Heritage College and Seminary. And on today's podcast, I want to talk to you about Blue Mondays. Ever heard the term Blue Mondays? Well, even if you've never heard the term, if you're a preacher, I'm pretty sure you can figure out what it means. While well, most occupations have some version of Blue Mondays, there's a special one for those of us who are preachers. Some Mondays we wake up rejoicing in a sense of God's presence and goodness that we experienced the previous days, but on other Mondays, well, not so much. In some ways, Blue Mondays, that feeling of being a bit defeated and deflated, In some ways, that feeling shouldn't come as a big surprise to us as preachers. Having just expended a great deal of spiritual, emotional, and physical energy on Sunday, we come into Monday on the back end of an adrenaline rush, perfectly positioned for a letdown. But fatigue is not the only reason our hearts can be overcast and our spirits downcast on Monday mornings. Sometimes the depletion is compounded with disappointment. Maybe the Sunday sermon didn't go so well, even in spite of our preparation. Maybe we felt flat as we preached, or maybe a critical comment flattened us right after we finished preaching. Maybe the sermon we spoke was not met with a critique, but only with silence, As we greeted people in the lobby, not a single conversation remotely related to anything we just preached. Pastor, someone says, where do we get permission slips for the youth retreat? Or someone else comes up and says, Pastor, did you know there's no paper towels in the men's room? Now, I'm heartened to know that Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, knew all about Blue Mondays. In his lectures to my students, he talks candidly about what he calls the minister's fainting fits. Spurgeon lists almost a dozen reasons for these low times, including physical maladies, mental exhaustion, sedentary habits, unbroken labor, and personal attacks. He warns us that occasional fainting fits are an occupational hazard for preachers. He says this, after pouring out our souls over our congregations, we feel like empty earthen pitchers, which a child might break. You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer echoed Spurgeon's sentiments in lectures that he gave on preaching. Bonhoeffer knew that after preaching a sermon, the pastor himself is in need of pastoral care. That's what Bonhoeffer said. The pastor himself is in need of pastoral care. In fact, Bonhoeffer went on to speak of the inner disquietude that preachers sometimes experience as they wonder whether God used their sermon in anyone's life. Now, I'm not sure I've ever used the word disquietude before, but I've experienced what Bonhoeffer is describing. Sometimes after a Sunday service, I feel an inner emptiness and restlessness. As I leave the parking lot, my soul is troubled with the uneasy sense that my message didn't connect. I try to remind myself that my identity in Christ is found in my union with Him, not in the success of my sermon. But even so, an inner ache often lingers, and a disquieting Sunday turns into a blue Monday. You know, one preacher who lived through a Blue Monday was John the Baptist. Locked up by Herod Antipas for fearlessly proclaiming God's truth, he began to lose hope. His preaching ministry had been shut down. Worse yet, Jesus didn't seem in any hurry to intervene and change the situation. In his perplexity, John sent several of his followers to ask Jesus a stark question. Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? John's question reveals how badly his faith in Jesus had been shaken. And that's surprising in light of all we know about John. He was no reed shaken by the wind. In fact, rarely do we meet someone in Scripture who seems as unshakable as John the Baptist. And on top of that, John had a supernatural reason for having a sturdy faith in Jesus as God's Messiah. His parents must have told him the story of Jesus' miraculous birth, and he had personally witnessed heaven's endorsement when he baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. But now, John found himself imprisoned by his own doubts, his discouragement, and his desperation. Talk about a blue Monday. I find Jesus' response to John's faltering faith incredibly consoling. Jesus sends a message to John, but not the message we might expect. Jesus does not say, go and tell John that I'm deeply disappointed in him. He does not say, go and tell John to get a grip on his faith. Rather than castigate John for his question, Jesus reinforces his wobbly faith. He reminds John that he was currently doing the messianic deeds that had been predicted by Isaiah. He says, go and tell John what you see and hear, that the blind receive their sight, that the lame walk, that lepers are cleansed, that deaf hear and the dead are raised up, that the poor have the good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He gives a strong public commendation of John and his ministry. Jesus says this, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. You see, John may have become disillusioned with Jesus, but Jesus was not disillusioned with John. So what should we do when our Mondays turn blue? What should we do when, like John, we have questions about what God is doing in our lives and through our ministry? Well, let me close by giving you three things that can help us on Blue Mondays. These have helped me. First, don't be overly surprised by Blue Mondays. Spurgeon wisely reminds us when he says this, the lesson of wisdom is be not dismayed by soul trouble count it no strange thing but a part of ordinary ministerial experience. Isn't that interesting? Spurgeon is saying, count it as an ordinary part of ministerial experience. You know, if Spurgeon and other faithful preachers found dark days as part of ordinary ministerial experience, we should not expect immunity. Rather, we should see ourselves in good company. Here's the second thing. When you have a Blue Monday, realize that God uses Blue Mondays for good in the lives of His preachers. Realize that God is using them for good in the lives of His preachers. You see, Blue Mondays help keep us humble, and they remind us, to borrow a line from Rich Mullins, that we are not as strong as we think we are. Charles Spurgeon came to see his fainting fits not as a punishment, but as a protection. Listen to what Spurgeon writes. He says this, My witness is that those who are honored of their Lord in public have usually to endure a secret chastening or to carry a peculiar cross, lest by any means they exalt themselves and fall into the snare of the devil. Finally, here's a third thing to do when Mondays turn blue. We should follow the lead of John the Baptist and bring our doubts and disappointments to Jesus. Bring our Blue Mondays to Jesus. Like John, we will find in him a compassionate Savior who speaks grace and truth into our souls. And not just on Monday, but on every day of the week. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like information on Heritage College and Seminary, visit our school's website at discoverheritage.ca. To receive a free ebook on how you can get free from your sermon notes, or to learn about my noticeably better preaching course, visit our website at rickandlindareed.com.